Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode five of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross, along with Chase Harvick, Joshua Unruh, and Devin Green. Now, before we start, I wanted to mention something about our Father's Day episode last week. Devin, you had mentioned uh, one of the best fathers in Westeros, a.k.a. Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister, as one of the best fathers. And I admit I hadn't yet watched the final episode of the season. After finally getting around to it last night and avoiding any spoilers, I have to wholeheartedly agree with you after seeing the scene on the boat. Devin, good call on that one. Is that why you called it? That is, yeah. That was the... Well, I... I had already felt that way in in part, but that was the clincher, yeah, for sure. It Have you guys seen the finale of, De- of Game of Thrones? Yeah. The, 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 the finals, that, that well, it was, it was the final scene with Jamie because they went on to do other stories. Um, what were your thoughts about that scene there in, in the boat? It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And, and without spoilers, you had a big revelation. And then you had some of the finest acting of the season. Uh, and then you had a, a tragedy. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. Just to go back to the idea of Jamie Lannister as a fantastic father, let's remember in the pilot, he pushed a kid out a window. And that's true. true. Yes. And that was his kid. But it back. wasn't his kid. It wasn't kid. his kid. Exactly. But, he... but it wasn't his kid. Although and that... that also shows the, the, the path that he's taken. I don't know if Jamie Lannister that we saw in the final episode would have pushed Bran out the window. Agreed. Because losing the hand, being captured, all these kinds of things that he that happened with Jamie. Um Jamie is a changed man. His story arc is mm-hmm. really about transformation and loyalty and what loyalty means. And to him in the beginning of it, to me, in the beginning of the books, loyalty means one thing. And where we are now, it means something completely different. Is Jamie yeah. Lannister the only character on Thrones who has <clears throat> changed for the better as the series has progressed. I'm trying to think of anyone else who has become Tyrion a better person. has changed for the better. I Tyrion, always like Tyrion. Tyrion has. I've and, and, you, you, yeah. you always like Tyrion. I, it's weird because, yeah, you're, you're talking about the Lannisters. Because I think develops... the Lannisters had the furthest to go. Yeah. They were so bad that the right. only place they could go was up. And uh, and mm-hmm. whereas the Starks kind of had to, had to go down. Yeah. And they, they've kind of shown that. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, in literature terms, we always talk about a well-rounded a rounded character, a character that, that progresses in some way. And I think you're talking, the two Lannister boys have probably done it more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, although Cersei continues to circle the drain. <laughs> Cersei is even, I even, love even shame. I shame. love that drunk woman. Oh, that's, <laughs> I love her. That scene, even, uh. even after, you know she's thinking, I'm going to kill all of you. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going there. So there's no there's no penitence at all. Mm-hmm. She is just the whole time thinking, if I get to that castle, you're all in trouble. That I'm scene, going, revenge is mine. Yeah, may have been three minutes long, but it felt like it was 45. I know. Yeah. you know, I just I think because we've all had that nightmare. You yeah, know, like yeah. the first day of school. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, Shame. I just, I just yeah, the bell. There's, there's some nun it's behind a... me ringing the bell. Uh, maybe maybe Chase's dreams about being <laughs> naked at school are a little more complicated. <laughs> No, I don't know. I, Maybe I, school yeah. was a little more intimidating for him. The anxiety. <laughs> well, like, you know, when you have a big test and you, you, you oh, have the yeah. dream, uh, yeah. and then she, you realize you forgot to put your pants on. Or, people know. are throwing things at me and running back. That part and, I do identify with. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I took us off. Of, you know, we're off the, the trail here. So I apologize to our listeners. No, no, that that's that's exactly what this is all about. This is, this is about talking about different things. Now, yeah. right. uh, so oddly enough, yes. oddly enough, so I've bailed. On Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I do not expect to return. Where did I, you bail? Uh, yeah. The, the the red wedding. Because I, I almost, I almost. Oddly did. enough, the last straw for me mm-hmm. was Sansa's wedding night. Oh. I've mm. had enough of. I, oh, you so it's recent. Yeah. yeah oh. Yeah. I just didn't see the finale. I, or I guess two episodes. God, you missed like two episodes. Mm. Yeah. Like two episodes. Oh, and especially with, no, with no. what happened with with Sansa at the at the, the season finale. Uh, That's it's, it's, the and, thing. And what happened with Reek at the season finale? Um, there was, there's some stuff you yeah. should probably right. like, no, that's the other two check episodes. back in just two for hours. two hours. No, that's the, that's the thing though. So I decide, okay, I've, <clears throat> I've legitimately had enough like of waiting for awful things to happen to everybody, which, which is the deal, right? Like, I mean, I'm not complaining about it. If mm. that's what the deal is at this point, if it's not doing it for me, psh, I'm out. Yeah. And there, no Life's harm, no short. foul. I agree. So. But my wife can is still watching, and so she would uh, because she has certainly listened to me talk about things that she did not care about or stopped caring about. I was like, "All right, tell me what you like." It's called being married, and yeah, and 
those two episodes, I felt like solidified my decision further. Her telling me about them because how many how many episodes is the season? Is it ten? Just ten. Yeah. Ten? ten. Yeah. Eight. Nothing happens. Two things happen. Screw you guys. I'm out. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that is know. actually very similar to how they've been going. The third third season with the red wedding. Mm. Uh, there there were so many seasons. But and, and stuff well, happened. Season one, season stuff still happened. It was just a big. It was this big. I mean, the red wedding was a huge deal, but like things were still happening. It wasn't just water treading. That's true. And, and there, there was the war, and it was Rob's march south, and and things going. His his getting involved in the woman, and and in getting her pregnant, and and the death of and, I guess and stab, yeah. stab, murder, murder, screen, screen. Yeah, and Baratheon killing, the, doing the, the the blood magic to kill. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know, there there were. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so I this I mean it's look it's based on a doorstop fantasy novel i'm not surprised that, that there are huge swaths of water treading that is one of the reasons i no longer read doorstop fantasy novels it's like i say it's no harm no foul it's just that i quit and then stuff actually happens and i was like you guys are jerks yeah i'm i'm good i'm good but, but, outside but maybe of this we'll, club. We'll, well maybe we'll convince you to watch the other two hours before the next 10 months are over right. so yeah, cuz you know cuz cuz if we get closer as we get closer to the 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 season finale season premiere next April that's when I really go oh gosh I'm, I'm really excited about it. I can actually go I'm good now I've got my game of thrones fix I'm mm-hmm. good for about 10 months yeah. and then when it comes back around April I get you know yay it's starting mm-hmm. again so yeah you know. I'm not going to say it's impossible. The good news is we probably won't talk Game of Thrones again for another 10 months. Right. Exactly. There's you're, a you're hill exempt. to climb to bring me back. I, I, yeah. yeah. No, and I Challenge understand accepted. that. I have that about certain <laughs> shows and that was, yeah, I mean, the episode you left on, I, I agree on why and, and, and we can. Oh, yeah. The, I well, mean, and we, I do. Well, and I mean, and there look. are certain things that are a deal sure. breaker for me, and that is almost one of them. And the I season, mean, well, the season that, started that out with, awful with, between Jamie and, and his sister at the very the See, season one. It's just weird on the choice of the writers of the show if you've read the books. That was just weird. Yeah. And like well, that's I, not how it plays out in the book. That's and I not, also was kind of I was kind was of freaked un- out that people necessary. freaked out. I'm like, that's how the season one of the entire show started. <laughs> was the, the two of them, you know? So right, it, it, it was it was kind of weird that. But it was. But I'm just saying that was yeah. the beginning of the season. So right. the fact that it ended up being yeah really disturbing with mm-hmm. Sansa. That, so yeah. yeah, I mean you know mm-hmm. I'm just yeah I'm good. That's right. So we'll, we'll, yeah, but I mean, this is the new, that's what I'm saying. Total no harm, no foul. I know what is in this show. Mm-hmm. It's no longer bringing me. Well, I can't say it ever brought me joy. Yeah, but no. it's you know, it's it no brings, longer doing whatever it, it was doing. It did until it until into, until, until Ned Stark got his you know head chopped off, and I went, wait a minute, what's going on here? And from that moment on, I was like, I was glued to I it, but I wasn't necessarily. I mean, I sit there and just shake, thinking, oh my god, someone's gonna, who's going to die this across week? the room. I, I will admit. Although I, I have gotten I'm better so at finding in, out when someone's going to die. Yeah, right? I'm much better at it. And die for real. <laughs> like, yes. And die for real. Well, That's I mean, even, even if die for real, even <laughs> if they come back, they're going to die. When a couple weeks ago, yeah. when, when when the woman said to her children, it's okay, I promise I'll find you. I'm like, oh, you're done. Yep, yep, we're done. That was in the same totally. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cure for like, cancer? Right here. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it. That's, right. the, yeah, that's, so the, that's the dead giveaway. I'm starting to figure out when people are going to die, which suddenly does help. And that same thing happened yeah. with the, the final episode. And Walking Dead has the worst breadcrumbs of death. Oh, you can totally, you know, somebody yeah, has a big dramatic monologue. It's like the message in that is it, don't be a menace all during your, when the guy jumps out and is like message like yeah, yeah. death sign yeah. Right. let me let, I gotta get this prepped for my Emmy reel right here and, <laughs> and then I'm gonna die yeah. and then I'm gonna great die. death scene yeah. See, as an actor I rarely rarely had death scenes I, it was really disappointing I should go to Game of you're Thrones you're too nice right? to kill I, that's Michael? right I'm too too pleasant Right. I'd be like Tyrion. So we need him, we but... need a horror movie, and then you to smoke pot and have sex. That's right. No, no, no. And, <laughs> and then, then you're done. Done. That's right. I'll actually, be right back. I actually have a friend whose kid makes horror movies. We can make this happen. And they've won Michael. awards. I could like at Dead Center. Great moment, and then and then kill me off. We can arrange that. Thing. Just saying. All right. So on to our regular. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, this weekend, Oklahoma is taking part in the literary convention SoonerCon at the Reed Center in Midwest City. And next week, one of the biggest pop culture conventions, San Diego Comic-Con, opens in California. I don't want to disrespect SoonerCon, but the attendance this year is expected to be between 1,500 and 2,000. Compared to Tulsa's first Wizard World convention in Tulsa last November, where an estimated 30,000 people packed mm-hmm. the Cox Business Center. 
Now, is it time to consider a much larger pop culture convention for Oklahoma City? Discuss. <laughs> I mean, just the just the sheer disparity in those numbers, I think, suggests that the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I am biased towards preparing, uh, <clears throat> preferring Oklahoma City over Tulsa quite a bit. Because you live here. Why I live here. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, you know, so even putting that bias aside, like I say, yeah, I mean, that's... What, what, what was the difference? 1,500 to 2,000 versus Then 1,500 to 2,000 is what, what is just kind of puts out. And then 30,000 was just what was estimated. But even still, yeah, even if it was you know, 4,000 compared to 25,000. Mm-hmm. And I went to the, the, the Wizard World, and it was. It was packed. There was a line going out the door. They had to turn the line from going out. And I don't know streets in Tulsa. It's not my not my city. So, but that main street that's outside Cox Business, they had to turn the line because people were just basically lining up across the street. Right. And that's just how many people and all these people in, in cosplay. It was a beautiful thing. And I know I was talking to people from all over the world there, mm-hmm. not just here. Mm. So, how much of more of a important is it to, to showcase Oklahoma City, which is already starting to show its renaissance, and bring people here? Well, Michael, I think it's important for a major league city to have a major league Comic-Con. This is brought to you by David Holt. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, it is, though. It is, it is important for us to show off the, our, our geek and pop culture chops because people will come here and not just show up in Dallas. Dallas has got its own mm-hmm. convention. You know, maybe we should have, shouldn't have ours around it. And maybe i pull this away from SoonerCon. I don't want to take away from SoonerCon. Right. But I think, no, I, I completely agree. I think that it is time to... To have our, our own. If we were not to have a geek or pop culture con- convention, what kind of convention should we have? Should we have? Should we go something? Do something else? I, I mean, I have a I have a friend of mine who is um, working on a convention mm-hmm. uh, here in town later this year that is going to focus on um, film and role playing games and um, like comic book like graphic storytelling. Uh, Frackfest, uh, George, Ad- George Adams, local filmmaker, is putting that together. And um, so that's that's pretty exciting. I was helping out with that until I realized that I would be way out of town the exact weekend that, mm. that, when <laughs> that it, it was. Um, Can you remember? Uh, or just about. Let's come back to me, and I will happily tell you, because I cannot recall right well, off the top of my head. While you're discussing Frackfest, where did that, is it, are they, they're obviously not talking about the drilling practice that causes earthquakes. They're actually talking, I'm guessing, about the, 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 the word from Battlestar Galactica. It's a joke. Like, I mean, because that was very, uh, the earthquakes, fracking, very topical. Also, every time they say it, every yeah. nerd who's watched Battlestar Galactica is <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> you know, snickering behind their hand. I, I, I get to say it. Every, you know, a lot of times, earthquakes cause fracking. Fracking yep. earthquakes. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, when we were naming it, that was that was part of the, the zitgeist conversation there. Let me see. See, Annette, I, I, think that, I think that would be a great, sounds like a, a wonderful, I don't know how you could... That's a lot of things going on, though. That's amazing. It's going to be down here in Film Row. You said, okay, film. said film, uh, role film, playing. Role-playing. role-playing games, like tabletop role-playing tabletop. games. okay. And, and, then... Uh, and then, like, comic book graphic storytelling. Because the, the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of common theme being visualized storytelling, right? right? So right. it's either drawn or it's filmed or you are putting all this effort into, you know, theater of the mind mm-hmm. type stuff. That was the theory. So it's not just written. In other words, it's kind of everything but novels. But, yeah. Yeah, there is, there. yeah, there is no straight prose currently planned. See, that's, I think, which, which is really good because I, I really do think SoonerCon really focuses itself yes. on literature. Um, and that's why I call it a literary convention. Mm-hmm. I, although certainly there are people that go, and I've been to them before. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to go this weekend, but before. And they, it, there's a lot of cosplayers, and it's there's comic books, and you go into the the where people are selling stuff, and they're sure. selling different things. Mm-hmm. But it's really focusing. I mean, their main speakers usually come from lit, the world of literature, right. and and that's fine. But it's it just pulling away from that. So this would be something that maybe could pull away from just being a literature convention. So we've got the dates on. I have the dates. October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 2015 on Historic Film Row. Where at Film Row? Is it going to be? Yes, right where we're recording. Is it going to be? It's not going to be at the Paramount, is it? That The Paramount is going to be part of it. Absolutely. George has actually recently taken over running the Paramount. So, yeah. Yeah, New new owner. Um, And they had a a convention there. Well, not new owner. 
new running of the he's running the restaurant. I think the who owns the whole building is. Still, oh, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. It, 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 anyway, yeah. So it's partly going to be Paramount and you know and surrounding like they're they're planning a LARP. Yeah. Oh. I mean it's yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, uh, Devin. Nothing. I'm just excited. I'm saying visualize the, the, the mouth open. Right, well, you and Odd Fab is con- is almost connected. So mm-hmm. see, I've never done LARPing. I've always wanted to do it. <laughs> I've always wanted to do LARPing. It just sounds like way too much fun. Well, you, you got to think like LARPing. I, I'm I've sort of half joked that I'm keeping it a secret. It's existence a secret for my son because if he finds out mm-hmm. that he can um, make cool costumes and then wear them on a camping trip. While basically spending two or three days doing, you know, medieval fair improv, yes. we, we will never do anything else. Mm-hmm. That will and be you'll the never, end. Or you'll never see him again. That's right. Yeah. Well, currently he cannot drive himself. <laughs> you have to. But take you can him see this. Yes, this eight-year-old on the street Children hitchhiking with a with a boffer sword and his uh you right? know and his Renfest gear over over yeah, yeah yeah hobo style. Just saying. You know. Children are Wilf. tenacious. They're willful. <laughs> There, that would be wonderful. So, so the first weekend of October, yes, that would be a lot of fun. So you will have to think about that. And you know, like I, they had New World Comics had a convention over at the Paramount just about a month or two ago, and it was packed. Well, mm-hmm. Of course, it's, it's a very small venue, yeah. but yeah, but there's was. interest, right? Yeah. Yes, I think there is. I think, and uh, I when I mentioned it to some people, there's a new convention that's going up on I-35 and Cobell in Edmond. And when I mentioned to friends, you know, a great thing for that new convention center that I don't think they're going to fill anything in would be a big gaming convention or a big geek convention. Everybody I talked to was excited about it. It's in the culture now. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars, comics, graphic novels. These are all part of popular culture now. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why. And Oklahoma is starting to figure that as well. People in Oklahoma, you walk around a mall. How many Superman t-shirts? How many Doctor Who's t-shirts? How many... It's all over the place. Yeah, we had to go to the mall to get the glasses. That's where we got a bunch of buttons and stickers and T-shirts and just, I mean, and it wasn't hard to find. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's true. It's it is part of it has become part of the popular culture, and it's great. It's it's fantastic, Chase. If we could, what what kind of pop what kind of convention would you like to see? You know, Michael, I would say I'd love to attend a television convention, but I think TV has almost taken over the the sand. San Diego Comic Con. I mean, mm-hmm. the networks have, you know, I think it started, you know, early 2000s, you know, when with Heroes was one of the, the shows that pioneered that model of using Comic Con as a launch pad. And it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the actual yeah. floor, the, I haven't been, I haven't either, in several years, but the, the last time I was there, it was already really heavily movies and TV yeah. down on the mm-hmm. main floor. It was still pretty much comic book panels by and large, you know, upstairs, um, with the exception of Hall H, the infamous Hall H, which is the the biggest, you know, the biggest one that there's they do the biggest announcements sure. for. But I mean, um, that's yeah, it's and it has actually spilled out because you can't get space right. inside the convention center anymore. So there is a I don't I don't know San Diego well enough to, you know, there's like a historic neighborhood sort of thing near like a downtown adjacent or whatever that um uh people who or organizations tv stations stuff like that who could just can't get on the floor and this is big time sure you know but there's no space they're spilling out into this sort of comic-con adjacent so it's almost situation. like the yeah. original intent of that convention is now kind of isolated outside the well, a lot of people are saying that, yeah, and that's why kind of uh, Dragon Con was created in L.A. was actually some people who used to do San Diego Comic Con and felt like it was it had gone away from its roots. Mm-hmm. And in, in dealing with, with fantasy sci-fi literature, in, in essence, what FratCon or, or FratFest is what they're talking about, pulling to you know, sometimes the more popular, because they've got the more money, TV, movies, CBS, Viacom, NBC, Fox, They've all gotten more money than even DC and Marvel have. Um, So they're going to garner more. They're going to throw more money at San Diego Comic-Con to do things like that. Well, and now DC and Marvel are essentially Warner Brothers and Disney. So, I mean, nobody really has more money than Warner Brothers and Disney. But the fact is that the, the comic book side of it is sort of become this, you know, the redheaded stepchild sort of situation. Um, not not like everyone's disavowing it, but it's like it just doesn't make as much money no. as 
the worst Marvel movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. whatever, whatever, whichever one made the least amount of money, all of Marvel comics, I doubt. <laughs> In a year, maybe. Right. You know, yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. Um, I mean, they're still drawing on all these stories that are still being made there. Um, obviously, I mean, uh, um, stories and characters. Yeah, so. stories and yeah, characters. Obviously, but I mean, um, I was really pleasantly surprised to see Winter Soldier show up mm-hmm. for Captain America because it was so recent yeah. compared to a lot of the stuff that that they had been pulling from mm-hmm. to make these movies. So I mean, it's it's not like nobody is like treating it poorly. I don't. I think Disney's very excited to have Marvel. Warner's is continuously excited to have DC, but right. it's not the same as well. We've got. We've got a new Thor movie. We've got a new Ant-Man movie. We've got uh, Batman versus Superman. I mean, those are just, they're just going to make so much more money um, than anything, that, than anything that's print. going on at the, at the comic sure. book so level. Mm-hmm. So, which is, I mean, I, I want to say it's too bad, but I mean, I work in publishing yes, right. and it's not like books. I, books are in the same boat. It's the, it's the, you know, the book is not going to make as money as the movie made on the right. book. Yeah. Uh, very even, rarely. Even if it's a horrible adaptation of the movie. Of right. The book. Yeah. And and also, more likely, the movie is going to make someone go check out the book than vice versa. Hopefully. I mean, unless yeah. you Sometimes, are a hard... It's kind of a weird... It's kind of a weird... I, I don't know oh, if okay, it's with, with the superhero going. stuff, it's kind of weird. Um, it? Yeah, because there's so little overlap between what's going on in the movie with what's going on in the book. Point. And they... I mean, and I love the continuity. I mean, you know, I, I like... That there's this shared universe thing, mm-hmm. but it's there can be a lot of homework. Yes, and it is, one of the, it is one of the problems, and we've discussed this before, is one of the problems we have. I have with the continuity is you see something in the movie, and a kid who's 10, 12 years old sees Avengers 2 and goes, I want to see that in comic book form. Yeah. And they go there and you go, well, there's a few you can pick up, but yeah. they were they were but, written 10, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. They're not going on right now. And Captain Marvel's a girl, and Thor is a girl, and and and, she, and the real Thor that you see in them, he's lost his arm. He's now called Odinson. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah. there's, it's, you're not yeah. seeing what you see in this in the big sure. screen on, and so it's really hard to go. Oh, by the way, if you read this, this is going to be a, a tie into that. Now, I think it I think, has um, gotten better because I know with Spider-Man, it basically moved the needle zero. I mean, whatever, 10 or 11 years ago. Right. Um, Avengers moved the needle some. Like, I was pretty cynical about it, and then it turned out, oh, no, people actually bought Avengers right. comics. So it's, a, you know, and yet they trending will. that way. But okay. Sorry, Chase. No, you're fine. I just, really, in the scheme of things, I think the uh, Disney, Marvel, WB, DC kind of unions are, are new. Mm-hmm. I think five or ten years down the line, you will see a lot more vertical integration between television, film, comics. That's we'll yeah, because yeah. the companies can do all of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and, and I don't know if it's going to be great for creativity and storytelling. I think you're going to be a lot more hemmed in with you know the universe and keeping everything aligned. We'll but see what happens with Star Wars? I think that is going to be the te- that is the that is the that testing ground test, yeah. because the novels. The graphic novels, the comics, the the movies, the television shows are all there. The whole idea is there's this story group watching over that it all the all continuity ties together. So we will see how that turns out. If over the next five to ten years they're still doing it, it's still successful with especially with the Star Wars movies and with the sidebar movies. If it all still works out, then I think you'll see that. If it doesn't, if it all starts to fall apart and it's impossible to control, Marvel will go, look, you guys do your print thing, we'll do the TV thing, we'll <laughs> right. do the movie thing, and never the three shall sure. meet. <laughs> I have some optimism about the the Star Wars stuff, actually. D- did I talk about stumbling into the Star Wars comic mm-hmm. book thing yeah. at Book Expo America? And like, excited I, about reading, watching Lando. I cared 0% about Star Wars comic books, and then I came out of that going, oh, those actually sound really interesting. <laughs> And I mean, at this point, it's a, I mean, I don't hate Star Wars, but it's a little bit of a hill to climb to make me care. Like yeah. you need to overcome some apathy that I've been yes. working oh. on pretty seriously um, since I did that prequels. About six years ago, yes. And, uh, and so, you know, that I just mostly sat down because I saw the big Marvel sign and I needed a break. And then it was all about Star Wars. And I came out going, I'm really intrigued. And it's all A-list talent too. Like every oh, yeah. single Star Wars book that they're doing, I, I, I knew the names, like all of them. It was really, it was unexpected. And the great thing is you can get back into it now. When I got into it about six years ago, the Expanded Universe had spent 20 years 
just expanding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. so, when, so when I said, well, where should I even start on this whole expanded universe thing? It was like, oh, well, let me sh throw down a dump truck worth of graphic novels and novels, and you just can't do that. Now the great thing is there's only five, four, no four novels out. Uh, New Dawn, Tarkin, the Heir to the Jedi, and the new, newest one, Lords of the Sith. All I've read, all of the Tarkin, and they're very, very good. Wonderful books, and those are the only books that are out in the Absolutely. expanded universe. There's some comics that are out right now. They're very good. Again, Darth Vader, Star Wars. Yeah, that are filling in gaps. I mean, they weren't really gaps that I needed filled in per se, but they, which is always kind of my first test. Like, does this really? Do we really do need, need to, to know in, what's yeah. going on? You know, in between these two movies, mm -hmm. and um, and the answer might be yes. I mean, what they have planned sounds really good. So it's somewhere in between. We know where we have to wind up because the movie starts at a certain point. And creative freedom, like so far, right. it looks good. Looks and I think good. they're and I think they're filling in the gaps not because they need to, but because it's fun. Right. And that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. You We're know, not if grabbing a, if there's money. A hole there you go. Well, I you know, or, or or trying to describe. Well, this is why in 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 episode five he actually did this <laughs> because of this moment. And it's more of hey, let's fun. What 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 led him to that? It's there. I think they're Marvel and Disney are having a lot more fun with it. Yeah. And it has been just. And just entertaining and great writers. They too. sounded like they were like the, the guys that were there for the panel sounded like they were having fun. So I'm I think you're right about the vertical integration. And I'm yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm at least optimistic about Marvel Disney. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman has come up. I'm a little more pessimistic about whatever's going on over there. But um, I've always been worried know. about what Warner Brothers DC is doing. They, it's getting word. No, so so TV and I think a comic books convention, just a straight comic books convention, would certainly be interesting. Devin, what would you like to see in a convention? See, I knew you were going to ask me that. Well, you mentioned think. though, you'd mentioned though about tabletop. Tabletop gaming, yeah, and actually, I would like to see a lot more of that. Too, I do too. I, I was trying to pull it up on my phone. There was a tabletop, a, a a small tabletop convention this year, and I think it's it has real potential to grow. Mm -hmm. And I went to my first. We're talking just a couple of months ago. I went to my first tabletop gaming like group. Like, right. did you go to the day. tabletop day? Yeah, I went a friend of a friend's. I did. Okay. It's, they they call it Gamechella, and okay, they have so it wasn't like, tied into the no. tabletop day. The, see, we can no. do a tabletop convention. Get Will Wheaton down here, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean, because that guy's not doing anything. That was really he's the got thing. time. He's no. not, he's Dude, not he, doing he was in Sharknado too. Okay, just okay. Like, Maybe um, he does have he time. He died he pretty quickly time. in Sharknado too. <laughs> Well, there's Will Wheaton. We're oh, like, Will Wheaton. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Bye, proud of you and me for both having seen that all the way through. Yes. Um, it was great, by the way. And riff, the Rift Tracks version is coming up in just a couple weeks, and, and unfortunately oh, no. I won't be able to see it because I'm going on vacation. But yes, I... I, I will go see it for go, you. Go, I'll please tell you do, all about please it. Please do. It's, I've been looking beautiful. for it. Sharknado 1 was Rift Tracks was painted. It was anyway, I'm sorry. Fantastic. So what new tabletop things did you were you introduced to? I was introduced, and okay... That's the problem, um, Devin. What are your what games do you love? I'm just curious. What okay, do you play? There, were, there was this one, and it was called Goblin. Gob, Goblin. Goblin. Uh, see, that's the thing. I didn't do my homework. Um, <laughs> Goblin reminds me of a really horrible fiction story. No, it's exactly fantastic. Like and story. actually, it was started. It was started without a board or cards or anything by this guy, and now it's like a multi-million dollar game. And it's a game, basically a game about playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's like then it might be Goblin. Thank you. Munchkin. Munchkin. Yeah. Oh, Munchkin. Yes. Okay, yeah. And yeah, it's, no, Munchkin is It's brutal. You can, you can uh, like, kind of all align against one person, or you can, you know, you, there, you can have some, you know, alliances, or you, it can just be cutthroat, you know, and it was a blast. And then we played a tabletop um, Indy 500 racing game that was the that most was fun. It was Milliborns, was it? Huh? But Milliborns, was it a card game that you... Okay. No, this is an actual... If you haven't played that, that's this great. This the, the board itself Oh, you actually is, have a track. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And little plastic cars and rolls of the dice that determine how you're doing. It was the mo I mean, it was ridiculous. It takes about three hours to play, and I had so much fun. Still was, shorter than the actual race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. you actually have to do things. And, and, and I, that's, it I think was so much fun. Tabletops are starting, games are starting to come back. I won't say that they, that they are starting to be new because they've been around for so long. But they are exciting. Tabletop Day that Will Wheaton put together with, with Geek and Sundry was phenomenal. We had, my son and I went to two events. 
one up on 3000 Pershing, General Pershing Drive Boulevard on, uh, on during the day, and then down uh, to the Plaza District to play with the OKC Nerdy Girls. Yep. And, oh my gosh, it was fun. We played uh, Ticket to Ride Europe. We mm-hmm. played uh, Doctor Who Monopoly. We played just different games. And it, it is ability to introduce you to new games. And it's so important because I think that's where the imagination starts from, is starting mm-hmm. with board games. Well, and it's also a shared experience in a time where yeah. everyone is doing more and more on their own. They're, everyone has their own screen, even you know as a child mm-hmm. now. And I think that's why you're seeing a resurgence with board games. It pulls you out of the virtual yeah. into the real. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so and I think I that's think why it was so much fun. And it'd be it so was, easy to put together, I think. Dude, like I said, it was it was a Facebook invite and we weren't doing anything that Saturday and we went, had some food, hung out, and yeah, it was interactive, it was face to face, it was and it was so much fun. I mean, I can't wait to it's hard to organize because we're all busy people, but I mean mm-hmm. i I would definitely go to another one and like I would definitely go to some sort of convention or organized event mm-hmm. where there's lots of that going on to where I could get exposed to more of it. And hopefully as we go through again next year, I know they'll have another tabletop day. So as we go through with the Okie Geek podcast, we can always bring these up. And as we get closer to Frack Fest, I think we'd, I'd love to have your friend on and we can talk to them yeah. about that going on because it's just going to be fun. And I think the more conventions we have, what it does is it brings people here and it raises awareness of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Because people don't, some people don't understand. They're just dressed, dressed weird people. They got weird t-shirts and stuff. But no, we do it because we love it and we love the storytelling aspect, which I guess is... <laughs> As for people in weird clothes, my wife and I were joking. My, my nephew is at a baseball tournament in Midwest City this weekend. And my sister was telling me she was having a hard time finding some place for them to stay. And I didn't really put the pieces together until about Friday night that I was like... I bet that's because of SoonerCon. Like they're having, <gasps> yeah. and then I was imagining like stormtroopers going. That's a really good little league cosplay, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, on, man. So you got the dirt just you right. You nailed that thing, man. Yeah, it'd be great. I, awesome. I would. Uh, did was there were there any like uh, less board game, more role playing game? I'm really excited about that part of Frackfest, by the way, because that's a that is oh, a yeah. thing that I have been that I have done most of my life, you know, and I still have like a weekly, same thing as you. Like it's hard, so you have to schedule it. We're doing it every week. These are the five people and we, you know, have some kind of tabletop role-playing game that we are doing and they change all the time. We're doing different stuff. But it is, I mean, that is just, it's, I mean, that's very different, but you don't need, you basically need Papers, pens, and weird dice. Exactly. So it's even less investment than the board game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I don't. Less stuff intensive. There's less stuff (laughs) intensive. Exactly. Those board games that we tried to play a board game with our friends, and uh, they they said, "Oh, they had nobody yet," so we opened it up, and it's a book. It's a novel on the instructions. Yeah. If you do this and if you do that, I'm like, hey, I put it aside. Let's just pull out the Doctor Who Monopoly because I have. Right? No, it's going to take me at least a day to figure. This now those game super out. complicated board games, a lot of them really wind up being a ton of fun. They but are. you need somebody there who already knows what and they're that doing. That was Settlers the second one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's so complicated. But if you've got somebody who knows it, it's a lot of fun. But see, then on the opposite side, one of my favorite games is Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. And the game Ticket to Ride, it's a railroad game. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's two, three pages, and you've got the, the entire thing yeah. right yeah. there. Now, yeah. it takes you a while to learn the nuances. My wife, we played it about two or three times. We played it the third time back about a week ago with my son. And finally, she goes, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. So it takes you a while mm-hmm. to learn the nuances, which is fine. That's the beauty of a board game. Yeah. Is it, there's the instructions, but how you play it, even Monopoly mm-hmm. to this day, how you play Monopoly is different. I'm sitting there with my son in Monopoly going, buy a house. Buy a house. He's like, why? I'm like, because it's going to get you more money. Buy a house. Do the thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the nuances of the game that, you, that are, are wonderful. That's why I love tabletop games. Yeah. And, and no, there, there, weren't any, um, there weren't any of the role-playing on the table, but, but they, no, that's what I mean. But they, at, they're at that event that mm-hmm. day. But I think they're definitely in the works like that's that's definitely that an option when we all have the time yeah. again to do it they've uh the, the reason i ask is to, well there's two there's two big reasons like one is i've kind of had this like grown-ups need to let themselves play kind mm-hmm. of thought process mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like since the first time i pulled out blocks with my kid i was like everybody should have blocks under their desk man like this yeah. is good 
um, coloring books. I mean, stuff like that. Like, like nurture the play and the creativity when it's easy. You, you know, give yourself permission to do that. And the thing that that happens for me with uh, with the role playing games is then it's it's very expansive like that. Like I, lo- there are video games I really like that are uh, you know fantasy role playing games, but there's always a place you can't go or yep, something right. like that. Right. This is not the case at the table. Um, it's just you know really different. And uh, I think I-, I am currently testing a thing um, that is aimed at like tween girls, and I'm running it for a Girl Scout troop. Aww. And the the Oh my God, the energy that these six, 12, and 13 year old girls bring to the table. Like, I am exhausted, but ready to go back to work on the thing. Like, right. they're so excited about it. And, and I think that, I think that grown ups can do that too. They just don't normally give themselves the permission, permission. I guess. Right. So, I mean, board, and this is not against board games, it was just, that is a mind-expanding, you know, true. potential. I, I don't think adults give themselves. And I think that's one of the joys that. of being a geek is that we still embrace our, right. our, you know, our play side. I don't necessarily want to say child side because yeah. we, we do some of the stuff we do is, is fairly grown up, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we allow for ourselves to play. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's the Whether other, the other part. Role it doesn't have to be go into the dark dungeon, kill monsters, and right. take their stuff either. There's a lot of stuff going on in it. The, the one I am most intrigued by, but I'm going to have a hard time convincing my group to try, I think, is one that just came out from Bully Pulpit Games, what came out this year, called Night Witches. Um, if you are, there's a little history lesson. There was a all-woman Soviet Air Force, basically. They yeah. flew biplanes. Yes, they did. They dropped bombs on mm-hmm. the German forces, and when they ran out of those, they dropped railroad ties. They just, they... This is what, and they were terrifying to the Germans, like because they, they were basically silent. You they know, were gliders. They, yeah, they glide, glide in, bomb you, glide out, and they called them night witches in yeah. German, which I cannot pronounce. This game is about that. Like mm-hmm. you are playing night witches. They did it for I think one thousand ten nights. Like yeah. that's how long the night the witches last were working. One actually died just a few months ago. Yes, yes, it was Amazingly around the time that like the game running. was getting yeah. kickstarted, and it was this big. And I'm going, that is. Absolutely fascinating as a concept. How do I even play that? Like, I've played enough adventure role-playing games. I can see how the flying might go. But that's not the point of this game. The point of this game is you are doing this thing during wartime. Your government is not a big fan of you because you're just kind of like this feminist outside concept that they don't know what to do with. But you're so effective that they're going to let you keep doing it. And, and as a player, you know that there's an end coming, right? Like it's this one, th- whatever it is. It really is like some nice round number, like 1,010 yeah. nights that they flew. Mm-hmm. So you're going through this beginning, middle, and end. I'm, yeah, I'm just really fascinated yeah. by the concept. And that is a big place to let your imagination play. But it is not childish. No. And I'm fine with childish. I just said I'm hanging out with Girl Scouts. Right. But, um, but it would be more, that's a more adult. Yeah. Without having to go into the deep, dark dungeon and, and, and deal with it. That's a great. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and, and so many direct, I mean, there's so many places to take that. That's such a, that's such a great starting point and to go anywhere with. I yeah. mean, so maybe a role-playing convention as well, I think, would be, as long with the, along with the board gaming. Because as long as we don't talk about conventions like the furries, the furry convention, <laughs> which is, they do have a furry convention in, in northern do. Oklahoma. And I think they do that's have, awesome. I think it's weird. But I, <laughs> think, I think it's awesome and weird. Okay, what I think is if you are into something and it makes you happy and you find someone else who is into that thing yeah. and you can talk about it, that's fantastic. And if there are enough of those people, you can get together and like have a group gathering and it's in public and whatever. People give you side eye. Who cares? <laughs> I you found people eye. who are into something that you are into. That's fantastic. Essentially, that was us when we were little kids, mm-hmm. you know, into this nerdy stuff that everybody was giving us the side eye. There was no That's internet. Yeah. There was no, you know, you had to, like, have, you had to know the secret code to know. Yeah, sure. You know and, what and, I and mean? Whether or not it goes into, into, into regular culture, where, I mean, cosplaying now is normal. Yeah. Whereas it, when it started, it, it was not it was Ren like you're putting a lot of effort into that costume you're going yeah, to wear. Yeah, Renfest are, are, are somewhat, you know, not, not normal. None of this is, is, none of our stuff is really normal, but it is at least more accepted to dress up in, in medieval costuming. Right. But, you know, so, so it's just saying. kind of, you know, I, maybe I think, bronies will eventually be, you know, accepted uh, into. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. It's fine. I think it's inclusive and wonderful, and I think that the more it happens, the better, you know, because. 
People are weird. More people see it, more people <laughs> there are There is no normal. It's so if you find your thing, fantastic. You've, you, that's half the battle. And then you find someone else who shares that thing, you've won. Okay, well, we people will, are we will, weird. We will the bring subtitle in, we'll, of we our podcast. Bring in, we should bring in someone who does, it, does the, the furry thing, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to them about why they do it and, and why it's important. Sure. Uh, be so interesting. That, I think so. Yeah, be someone else. That's right. Oh yeah. Well, it seems I, pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, the, I, I mean, I, I don't know, but that seems absolutely. Like I mean, that's part of the cosplay. Like, like I'm, yeah, it's part of the role playing game. I'm yeah. going to be somebody else for a few hours. I'm going to explore this space where I don't normally get right. to explore for a while. Now that that's, part, I, I guess get. that's true. Yeah, that's why we yeah. dress up as Doctor Who's and things like that. So. Yeah. So now uh, let's. We've only got about five or ten minutes left. So let's move on to our geek of the week topics and what made us geek out recently. Anybody? Well, okay. The three things I never thought I'd say. <laughs> I watched a show on the USA Network. It uh, starred Christian Slater, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I know this is. And the, I think you should just stop right there. Yeah, <laughs> move along. Let everybody well, put the pieces together. Ever since Heather really pump up the volume, I haven't Google been that. Christian Slater at all. But just yes, Google okay. it. <laughs> no, it's um, it's called Mr. Robot, and you, you when I hear USA Network, I think you know. They, they actually pioneered a new type of programming called Blue Skies because they wanted their shows to not be too dire. They wanted everything to just, you know, there no real, you know, concern about the characters. You know, it's just easy viewing, it's just casual viewing. And that was, it worked great for, you know, a decade. And they've really fallen off in the past two or three mm-hmm. years. They've lost about 40% of their viewership. And so they are changing things up a little bit. And Mr. Robot was, the the... The premise of the show is you have this guy who is a kind of a, you know, he's on the spectrum. He's a, a techno genius. He works for a cybersecurity firm, but at night he's kind of a, a cyber activist, almost like a digital superhero. Cool. Um, yeah. He takes down, you know, the first scene of the, the series, he's taking down a, a child predator who wow. he's found, you know, online. And, uh, Applause, Mr. Robot. But he, the, the, there's a Christian Slater is also a kind of a hacker guy. Okay, know, so he's right? not the main. <laughs> he's not the main guy. No, he's kind of a side guy. But he okay. brings he brings Elliot, the main character, into Dude. this. You know, and they're trying to take down an evil corporation called E Corp. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and their their symbol looks exactly like the E in Enron. Yes. <laughs> The E doesn't no stand there. for evil. No, and, and they, they do <laughs> reference that continually in the episode, but uh, it's as dark as anything I've ever seen on cable. Wow. It reminded me of the girl in the dragon tattoo. The girl with the dragon tattoo is that level dark. Okay. Like the, the main character see, see has a, to a dark place. Yeah, like he 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 does. But, he has a drug problem. He sees a therapist. He's schizophrenic. He's not sure if these people he's that are following him are you know delusions or if they're. I mean, it, it's really dark. It's really good. That sounds, it sounds amazing. fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, okay. USA Network. There you go. Joshua, do you have something? I do. Um, I'm, I'm looking for his name now. Julian Checkley is my Geek of the Week this week. He is an Irish effects specialist, apparently. Um, I had not heard of him before this. Uh, I guess he's kind of a cosplay legend. But again, I dig it, but it's not my scene, so I don't know names. He has this incredibly hyper-realistic Batman outfit from the new the recently released like next gen console game the Arkham Knight oh, yeah. um that he 3D printed over the course of a month yeah took him a month it's ridiculous like i obviously cannot show our <laughs> listeners the pic right. but it's it's uh like sharp points on the gloves it has folding batarangs that actually store someplace like you can pull them out you should they, put that on, face, on our they, facebook page i will do it um it even has working flamethrowers okay yeah, how do you That's, 3D print a flamethrower? Same way you do a gun. I guess you so. can 3D yeah. print anything. This is what I'm. This is what I'm finding out. I have a friend of mine, Hi Scott, who is really into 3D printing, and I was talking about how I was planning to use it in some superhero fiction that I'm working on, and that I was basically going to use it as the. Um, well, I built this jet in my basement. You know the, the the Bruce Wayne explanation, maybe without Wayne Enterprises, right? Right. And he was like. I think you should tell me more of what you think is ridiculous to come out of a 3D <laughs> printer because I doubt it's that ridiculous. Or I'm, and all I want to do is just be barely ahead, right? But I mean, they're printing circuitry and stuff. Yeah. So, I know. So I mean, amazing. 
working flamethrowers. Working, I'm, yeah. Awesome looking Batman costumes. So Batman yeah. Costume, yeah, Julian, what did I say? Checkley. Julian Checkley is my pick. He is amazing. He's our geek of the week. That's fantastic. Devin. Awesome. Uh, let's see. I caught up on Outlander. Um, and it is... Uh, That's the show. Is that show, Showtime? Or is that... Stars. Stars. Actually. Stars. Yeah, Stars. And uh, so they finished the season. And so they have... Uh, and, and did a, a, a masterful job of, of, in my opinion, I have read the entire series and I'm quite in love with it. So I think they did a, a quite masterful job at, at wrapping up at a nice stopping point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it was... It took it to a dark place, much like Game of Thrones, much like Orange is the New Black. There's a lot of dark going on in my life. I need to go watch something, like, cheery after I, this. I you have, should watch the I, USA Network. I have. Blue Skies, in fact. Except for Mr. Robot. Except for Mr. Robot, which I will be totally into. And I will give you one. My, my Geek of the Week is the return of Star Wars on the small screen. Uh, my, my son and I got to watch the Rebels Season 2 which is amazing. Oh my, do any of you watch Rebels at all? No. No. It is a it's great on the to do list, but I'm waiting. Yeah. It has Especially to hit one of my streaming son. services. Yeah. yeah. Especially with your son, because he would really enjoy it. And Star Wars Rebels, at first, they were, it was just this band that one of them was a Jedi, the other one was kind of more, became his Padawan. And you got a, a, a Mandalorian girl, and you got your pilot who's a Twi'lek, and, and this big guy that you don't know. And then this little. R2-D2-esque type of, of robot. And that was it. And they were all just on this one planet called Lothal and trying to just kind of romp from the mm-hmm. Empire and give to the poor. But now it's expanded and they really tied it in with Clone Wars and the final scene, we don't want to give away anything, it's just it's only an hour long for season two, but there is a moment where Ahsoka Tano and Darth Vader, it, it, the, there's this moment because Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan and she left in season five. And we never saw her again. We didn't know what happened to her. And then all of a sudden she showed up at the season finale last year. And now she's back. And now she's running the Rebels. It's the whole thing is now this, there's a step into the larger universe type of thing. And it was amazing. And there's this tie-in, this moment where you tie in the Clone Wars with the prequel trilogies, with the original trilogies, even with The Force Awakens, there's a moment where there's a little Easter egg if you go online. And it is so good. It's okay. all tied in together. Wow. One of the, uh, I haven't seen any Rebels, so I was, this is one of the ones I was less interested in, but I bet that I was going to get caught up in. One of the comic books that, that their Marvel's putting out is the Jedi character who's older in Rebels. Kanan. Like, yeah, filling in the gap between Order 66 and the beginning of Rebels. I, so it's like, because he was a Padawan, I guess. Anyway, I don't know. So I'm going to sound like I don't know. But I guess he was very young when the yes. Jedi Purge happened. And he's been doing something, you know, under the radar, not getting, uh, you know, murdered by the Empire. So I was like, mm-hmm. that seems... Right. Kanan was... His name was Caleb Doom, and he was a Padawan. And when the whole thing happened, we do know that from, from Rebels. Well, the, we're now at episode, issue three of, of Kanan, the last Padawan. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. is very good. I mean, the very first end of the very first issue, the Order 66 happens. And then the beginning of the second issue, the the she turns to him and says, Defasabalba turns to him and says, run. And that's all he does then from that moment on. It's, and, and it keeps going through about how he had to deal being, being alone at 12 to 14 years old, uh. all alone, being hunted down as a, as a Jedi, and how he had to hide that and become just who he did. And of course, with The New Dawn, which is the book that came out last summer, he hadn't even touched his being a Jedi until... All of a sudden, he was kind of called on to do it with Hera, and, and, and that was by the time he was like 28, 29 years old. So, it was exciting for me to yeah. hear about that one, because it's sort of one thing to me when they put Prince, a Princess Leia book out, right. or, um, or even a Lando, you know. Yes. But there's a commitment to our new properties at the point mm-hmm. that they're like, yeah, this character is five minutes old. Let us tell you what he's been doing between episode right. three and this. I mean, there's like a real commitment to that purposeful growing of the of the universe so it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah it's very very interesting if you got a chance to see that one it's really cool also if anyone has a chance to pick up station 11 by emily st john mandel it is fantastic station um, 11 post-apocalyptic fiction um in a in a very interesting way with a star trek homage but mm. i won't give it away um hmm, but wonderful. it is fantastic i think i read it in 
a day. Yeah, and Lords of the Sith, which is the, the fourth Star Wars book I just finished reading, and it is very, very good. I'm, I'm going to read um, Ready Player One. I'm, I've wanted. Have you guys heard? I haven't read that. No, I do. I've fun. got it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've got so much comics and things to sure. read that it's sometimes hard to go. Okay, now I'm going to write a novel, right. which is kind of hard. I like the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter now. We got a new Twitter. Okie Geek Podcast at Okie Geek Podcast. We now have a Facebook page. Okie Geek Podcast. Facebook.com/slash Okie Geek Podcast. Uh, so we're going to put some stuff up there and follow us there. You can also, I think anybody can put things on our Facebook page, and we'd love to see it, anything that's going on, yeah, especially anything. Oklahoma Geek. We, we, there's so many things going on out there, and sometimes we don't know about it. So if you're listening to us and you have an event or something going on that you'd like, or a book or a story or something that you think people should be interested in, please let us know there. And you can also send us your comments at okiegeekpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I can also be found at KOSU Michael C. Devin, where can people find you? I am uh, pretty much everywhere at Wubba, W-A-U-V-V-A. And that's on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm easy to find. Devin Green. The Google Plus. Josh? (laughs) (laughs) Twitter's the easiest, at Joshua Unruh, J-O-S-H-U-A-U-N-R-U-H. Act like it's all one word. It's all one word. Chase. I'm on the internet at Chase Harvick. <laughs> no, really. Just Hi, search. I'm Chase I Harvick. I'm on the internet. internet. I'm on the internet. No <laughs> big deal. Just Hi. search for it. And Hi, you'll I'm find the all internet. Right. It's Chase Harvick. <laughs> you may know me from the phone book. <laughs> you may know me from the internet. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we do ask you to be sure, you know, while you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to us. Uh, also, rate and leave us a comment on iTunes if we're on SoundCloud. I think we're thinking about putting it on Stitcher as Working well. Working on cool. Stitcher. So, until next time, for Joshua Unruh, Devin Green, and Chase Harvick, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>